morning, Harmony. Hey, you're looking good this morning. Would you stand up with us? We have a great God. We're going to praise him this morning. We're going to lift his name high. He is worthy of our praise this morning. So as we sing out, sing from the heart this morning. Sing to him with these words. Sing. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. Sing that verse one more time with me. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are 
Jesus, my Savior. Lord, there is none like you. this morning already you may be seated 
Well, good morning and welcome to Harmony. We want to thank you for gathering with us today. Whether you're in person or whether you're online, we want to welcome you and uh, we hope that you come uh, expecting to have a great time today and, and expecting a difference to be made in your life and making a difference in the life of someone around you. Well, as we gather today, uh, we're going to continue in our series, uh, Acts That Will Change Your Life, and we're going to be talking about Acts of Boldness from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4. So uh, if you're looking to, to get ahead and, and you want to know where we're going, uh, that's where we're going to be in just a few moments. But before we get there, uh, again, I want to say thank you for gathering with us today. If you're a guest today uh, or a returning guest, we want to thank you for uh, being here. We want to thank you for coming back. And if today is your first time in person or online, here's what we would love for you to do. We would love for you to, to find a Connect card. Uh, you, you have uh, some different locations throughout the facility where you can find a Connect card or find the QR code uh, on the Connect card uh, or for a Connect card. Fill that out and uh, let us know that you're a guest with us today. We have a gift that we would love to send home with you. And we just want to know how, how we can help you, how we can serve you, how we can pray for you, whatever the need or situation uh, might be. So please uh, help us with that. Uh, if you would, we simply just want to say thank you uh, for being here and being a part of what's taking place today. want to let you know that uh, our young adults and our youth group are away this weekend. Uh, they are on a winter uh, snow camp retreat. Uh, they'll be headed home in, in just a, a little while, uh, coming back down from Michigan. So pray for them uh, that they have a safe trip uh, home. And with that being said, there's no youth group uh, tonight. There'll be no basketball tonight, but Awana is meeting. Moms and dads, Awana is meeting. Uh, so you want to make sure and have uh, your children here uh, for that. Uh, and Man Church will be meeting tonight uh, at six o'clock as, as well. So that's what today's schedule looks like. I want to remind you of a couple of very important events that are coming up. Aspire Women's Conference is uh, taking place on Saturday, March the 12th. You can get tickets today immediately following the service. Ladies, I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, Nicole shared last Sunday uh, some things uh, about it, and it's going to be an incredible time. Uh, we, we've got uh, an incredible Bible teacher in Debbie Alsdorf, a comedian, worship leader uh, that's all coming with Aspire, and it's going to be an incredible night. So you want to get signed up. Bring a friend. Uh, family member, neighbor, whatever it might be, buy them a ticket and say, hey, come and have an incredible time with me on Saturday evening, March the 12th. I want to call your attention uh, to this coming Saturday, March the, the 5th, we have a celebration of life uh, for Leon Manette. And I believe that we're receiving family and friends from 11 to 2, and then 2 o'clock is, is when we're doing the, the memorial service uh, for him. Charlotte, is that, do I, do I have, have that correct? Two, two o'clock, celebration of life, two, two o'clock. So celebration of life, two o'clock, we, we have uh, a time where we're, we're gonna be receiving family and, and friends. Uh, we'll have uh, music, a, a slide presentation that, that's there. Uh, we're gonna share about Leon's life and uh, it, it's just gonna be an, an incredible time together and I wanna encourage you uh, to, to be a part of, of what is, is taking place uh, in that family. Leon was one of our, our leaders for many years, an incredible uh, man, uh, a godly husband, uh, and, and he served as a faithful deacon here, and uh, we are thankful uh, for him, and that is at 2 o'clock Saturday, March the 5th, a celebration of life for him, and uh, I want to ask you to pray uh, for the family in the days 
uh, ahead. I want to ask you uh, this morning as we go to the Lord in, in prayer, I want to ask you to pray for uh, Gloria Allen and John Allen. Gloria is Brian Nugent's mom. Uh, John uh, is, is a stepfather. And John's uh, mom is uh, in final stages of life. She's under uh, hospice care and sedated right now. And they watch regularly. Uh, they're a part of Brian's family. They're a part of our family uh, when they're in town. And they're a part of our family even when they're not in town because they watch uh, online down from southern Indiana. And uh, pray for them uh, that God would uh, be with them and give them the strength that they need during this time. I know that there are many others that we need to uh, pray for and remember uh, in our thoughts and prayers as we go throughout uh, the week. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you today and we ask you for your help, for your guidance. Lord, we, we ask for uh, your, your strength. And uh, Lord, uh, we just want to uh, come to you today and and ask for protection for those that are traveling, those that are dealing with sickness today. I know there's a lot uh, going around. Father, we look at the, the need uh, in, in the Allen's life, and, and Lord, we ask that you would bring comfort and peace. And I, I think of Charlotte and, and Noble and Michelle and the grandchildren and the other children. God, that you would comfort them. And Lord, I, I just ask that as we look to the world scene and what's unfolding right now with, with uh, takeovers, invasions, potential of war. Lord, there's all kinds of things that are, are going on that capture our hearts and our minds. And Lord, I just ask that today you would help us to set all those things aside, that you would give comfort where comfort is needed, that you would give grace and strength where that is needed. But Father, I pray today that you would encourage us, that you would equip us and empower us to be more of what you want us to be, and Lord, as we sing these next two songs, I pray that you will help us to sing those from our heart, to think about the words, what they mean to us, what they mean to you. And Father, I pray that you'll be with the message today, for it's in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Stand with us one more time. As John said, listen to the words that you're singing here. I'm glad that we can take our prayers right to the throne of grace. And God wants the best for us because he's good and he's faithful. So as we sing these songs, sing from the heart this morning. Sing with me right here. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay I will see of the goodness of God. Sing it out now. All my life you have been
you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will see a goodness of God. Thou form 
Father, I'm thankful for your faithfulness. Because of your faithfulness, your goodness, your mercy, your love, we can come before you with boldness. But not only can we come before you with boldness, we can go out from this building, out from our lives with boldness to be witnesses for you, to see you make eternal differences in people's lives. And Father, that's why we're here today, to learn more about you, to be encouraged in your word. And Father, as John gives the message you gave him this week, Father, just open our hearts and our minds to your word this morning. Give us boldness to speak the truth. And Father, we thank you for how you love us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Aren't you thankful that God is faithful, right? That, that we can even sing a song about his, his faithfulness, to know that no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on in our life, he's got our back. He's right there with us, and, and he is for us. It's an incredible thing to know that we don't have to be perfect and, and God is for us. It's an incredible thing to know that we're in the midst of a struggle that God is for us and he has his best interest for your life and for my life. And he wants to bring that together and make a difference in, in your life. Well, if I asked you this question, uh, I, I think that we, we need to begin to think about somebody that, that we would think of. So, so here, it, here it goes. It's a real simple question, but, but who would you describe as being fearless or daring in your life? Who would you describe as being fearless or daring in your life? Someone that you're connected to, maybe someone that you look up to, how would you describe them as being fearless or, or, or daring? What would cause you to describe them that way. Now, now we can begin to, to think uh, about some people from maybe maybe from the Bible that, that we would say, man, David, when, when he went to battle with Goliath, he was he was clearly daring and fearless, right? We 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 can think that. How about Daniel go, going into the lion's den and and surviving? He was daring and he was fearless, right? Because if he hadn't have done that, then he, he wouldn't have been in that situation. And some of you right now are going, look, in order to be daring and fearless, if I have to, to, to go to the lion's den or I have to fight a giant, I'll just skip that description in my life, right? Uh, we, we could do without that kind of confrontation or, or that accolade stacked on, uh, passed on about us. But, but let me ask you this. When you think of Daring and fearless, who do you think of? But, but let's go a little deeper and make this more personal. What area of your life would you like to be more daring and more fearless in? You see, I, I think that a lot of us down deep have an area of our life where we would like to step out of our comfort zone. There's an area of our life where we would like to do a little bit more, where we would like to, to be a little bit more. We would like our life to be different. And sometimes in order for our life to, to be different, it requires us to be a little more daring. It requires us to be just a little more fearless. It requires us to, to step out and say, okay, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm walking away from comfortable, and I'm going to be described as daring and fearless. Now today, before you, you say, why are you asking these questions? Well, what are you going to ask me to do? I'm not going to ask you to do anything right now other than to think of an area in your life where you would like to be more daring and fearless. 
Then we're going to look at two guys named Peter and John. Peter and John were called by Jesus. Peter and John are common, ordinary people. In fact, they were so common and ordinary that they made their living by fishing. They made their living by, by fishing and cleaning fish and taking them to the market and selling them. They mixed in with all the regular people of their day, yet Jesus walked by and said, hey, I want you to come and follow me. And do you know what they did? They said, yes. And the moment that they said yes to Jesus, their, their life wasn't perfect, their life wasn't trouble-free, but the moment they said yes to Jesus, they began a new adventure in life, and each time we see them, here's something that we're going to discover. Each time we see them, they begin to grow in this concept of being daring and fearless. They, they, they begin to grow in their faith, and they begin to get out of their comfort zone, and they, did they always get it right? Absolutely not. But when we look at their life, we discover two ordinary guys, much like everyone in this room or, or those that are watching or listening right now. Ordinary lives, ordinary problems, or ordinary settings, yet they, they begin to do something daring. They begin to take on an attitude of being fearless. And when we pick them up in Acts chapter 4, here's what we discover. These two guys that are daring and fearless, that they have an act that will change their life. And it's an act of boldness. You see, when you look up boldness, it doesn't mean obnoxious. It doesn't mean the, the person that, that does things just to, to draw attention to themselves. You see, being, being bold is not necessarily telling somebody off because that's what we think of, right, in, in, in today's vernacular. We think, oh, oh, that person's bold. No, really, that person's just a jerk that doesn't know how to have a filter, right? I, I mean, that, sometimes that, that's just how, how we could describe the, the, the situation, right? Because people say, oh, I just, I speak my mind. I, I tell them what they needed to be told. We're going to discover today in the life of Peter and John that, that they demonstrated an act of boldness in, in a completely different way. They, they were bold in, in their faith, and not only would it change their life, but it would change the lives of those around them. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, we begin to read in verse number, number 23, and, and here's what it says. It says, in being let go, where, where had they been? They had been tied up with the rulers and magistrates because they had went to pray in Acts chapter 3. And in the process of going to pray in Acts chapter 3, they come across a guy that's lame, and he's been laid at the gate for over 40 years. And they said, look, we don't have any we don't have any money, we don't have any silver, we don't have any gold. The only thing that we have that we can give you that'll make a difference is Jesus. So in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and, and walk. And the Bible says that Peter reached out and stretched out his hand and, and, and he reached for, for the lame man's hand and he literally picked him up. And as he's picking him up, his legs and his ankle bones receive strength and he's miraculously healed. And now this guy runs and tells everybody and everybody is looking and they're going, look, we just walked by that guy a few minutes ago, and now he's up running around. We walked by him yesterday and, and the day before that too. And now that I think about it, every day of my life that I've come to the temple, I've seen him here over and over and over. That's the crippled guy. That's the guy that couldn't do anything for himself. And there's a great stir that takes place. Peter steps up and he preaches a message, and thousands of people become believers in Jesus Christ. And now the leaders say, look, 
our religious system is threatened. The way we used to do things could be coming to an end. What are we going to do? And they gather together and they say, Peter and John, you guys can't talk about this guy named Jesus anymore. The Bible says that they determined among themselves that, that they weren't educated men, that they were ordinary individuals, but they had been with Jesus. And do you know, some of us think in order to be daring and fearless, we have to learn a little bit more. In order to be daring and fearless, we have to come from the, the right background. We have to have the, the right socioeconomic status. In order to be daring and fearless, we have to do something that's absolutely outstanding and, and we've got to do something that'll really get everybody's attention. But here's, here's what we learned from Peter and John. When it talks about being daring and fearless, here's what they did that we can do. It says in verse number 23, in being let go, they went to their own companions, their own friends, the people that they hung out with, some of the other disciples and those that had been added to the church, and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly, against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose de determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Who, who is their threats? It's the chief priests, the rulers, the leaders who told them it earlier in, in chapter 4 and in chapter 3 not to speak the name of Jesus, not to teach who he is. It says, no, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and just ask him to help us as we walk through this for a few minutes today. Father, we come to you today, and Lord, each and every one of us has something going on in our life. Lord, every one of us has an area in our life that we would like to, to be described as daring and fearless. We would like to be described as bold in our faith, bold in our walk with you, bold in our belief, our conviction. Father, it might be a, a personal area where we would just say, look, we would really like the strength to get out of our comfort zone, to, to do what we, we think you want us to do. And Lord, some of us today have problems like Peter and John. We've encountered difficulties in life and, and we don't know what to do. We thought that life with you would be easy. We didn't expect to have problems when we follow you. Lord, wherever we find ourselves today, I pray that you'll help us in these few moments to become different people people that are daring, 
people that are fearless, people that can be described as bold and willing to take acts of boldness. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. So these gentlemen, Peter and John, are leading the church. Peter has now preached a couple of messages, and he's literally turning the community upside down. He's got the attention of the rulers and leaders, and, and they come to him, and they come to John, and, and they talk with him for a, a little bit, and, and here's what happens. They go out of the room, and the guys talk amongst themselves, and they say, look, it's obvious that these guys are just common, ordinary people. It's obvious that, that they don't have the best education of, of the day. Their, their vocabulary, their demeanor, all of these things, they're common and ordinary, what can we do? And one of them says, look, here's the reality. If this is of God, there's nothing we can do. These men have been with Jesus. So, so honestly, let, let, let's just go ahead and, and stay out of it. And one of them pipes up and says, no, let, we'll just go ahead and, and tell them they can't teach or, or preach in, in, in his name. And, and we'll let them go because we don't know what else to do. So, so Peter and John, keep in mind, this is not long after Jesus has been crucified. It's not long after they had just witnessed the death and the burial of the one that they were following, Jesus. I understand that it's, that it's not long after they've witnessed the resurrection, okay, and that Jesus is risen from the dead. I get that, but, but remember this. They saw the penalty that Jesus paid for taking the stand that he took. Peter didn't believe that Jesus would rise from the grave. Peter often thought Jesus had things out of order. So now Peter has this battle going on in his mind. I'm not supposed to talk about the things of Jesus. I'm not supposed to speak about the things of Jesus. I'm not supposed to commit any acts in the name of Jesus. And, and here's a reality. The people that told me not to do it, that's the group of people that crucified Jesus. What am I going to do. Hey, let me ask you something. Have you ever been in a situation in your life before where you felt like no matter, no matter what you did, you weren't going to please everybody? <laughs> Anybody ever been there before? Yeah, right? You live there. I mean, if you're, if you're a parent, you, you, you live there, right? If you're breathing, you live there, right? I mean, inevitably, somebody is going to think you should have done something different. And you're saying, what do I do. Well, Peter and John go back, and here's, here's what they do. They go back, and they report to their friends, their family, the people that they've done life with, and they tell them what's happened. So in verse number 24, they've just heard they're not, that they're not supposed to speak the name of Jesus, that they're not supposed to do any of, of these things. So, so what happens? It says, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Here's, here's what they had boldness to believe. In, in, in the midst of their trouble, in the midst of their turmoil, in the midst of their issue of life, there's an axe of boldness, right? They, they, they take an act, they take a stand, and here's what they do. They had the boldness to believe in his power. The boldness to, to believe in his power. They, they, they come back and, and, and here's what they say. They say, Lord, you are God, maker of heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. Lord, it's a term that means an absolute ruler. 
One who is absolute, one who is in control. And and here's what what happens as they begin to to share this. that that They're saying, look, we're going to make a personal confession of a passionate conviction. You know, one of the things that keeps us from being bold in our life is this. We're not absolutely convicted and we're not absolutely certain that God is who he says he is. We're not always certain that God can, can do everything that, that the word describes him as doing and, and still able to do. You see, they were passionate about, about the belief in his power. They said, Lord, you're God. You're the one that's above all, maker of heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. Lord, you're the absolute ruler. You're the the maker of heaven and earth. You're the designer and you're the detailer. You're the one that holds all of it together. We've just encountered a problem and they don't say, how are we going to handle this? They don't say, how are we going to get through it? They go back. They they never debate, should we quit teaching? Should Should we move on to something else? Should we go back to fishing? Absolutely not. That's not where they're at. Here's what they do. They are bold enough to believe in his power. Let me ask you something. In the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your need, are you boldly confessing your belief in the power of God and that he is who he says he is? You see, I believe that one of the reasons that we spend time being more comfortable than we are bold is is first and foremost, we're really not that passionate and we really don't have the conviction that God is who he says he is. Because if we really believe that God is who he says he is, then you know what? We would do what, what he asks us to do. We need to be bold in, in, in sharing our faith. Well, you know what? I, I, don't, I don't know that I could share my faith because I'll get it wrong. And I don't know that I could share my faith because I'm doing it alone. Yet Jesus said, as you're going, I want you to make disciples. I want you to teach them. I want you to baptize them. And, and, and guess what? I'm going to give you the power to do it. And I will be with you even unto the end of the age. Yet somewhere along the line, we think it's up to us. And we think we can't do it because we're going to be alone when Jesus said, I want you to know I'll be there with you each and every step of the way. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Isn't it amazing that Peter and John didn't have that to look back on? They they didn't go ahead and and turn over to to the book that hadn't yet been written. And Peter didn't say, look, one of these days I'm going to write this down and people are going to be able to read it 2,000 years ago that he will never leave you nor forsake you or you can cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. It wasn't pinned down yet. God was still moving and, and working in that aspect. And we can look back at it. Peter was living it out. And, and here's what, what Peter would do. Peter would say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to have the boldness to believe in his power. And it made a personal confession of a personal conviction. God, we believe you are who you say Why does that matter? Because the the rulers and leaders said, look, we're telling you to do something that's different from what Jesus had commanded you to do. You see, the last thing that Jesus had said was this, you'll be witnesses unto me, beginning in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And now these guys pull them together and they say, look, 
that one last thing that Jesus told you to do? Don't do it. The one last responsibility he told you that you have, that you're supposed to steward and you're supposed to carry out, don't do it. Isn't it amazing how in today's world, culture tells us not to do something and we say, okay, it's, it's not culturally correct. It's, it's, it's not politically acceptable right now. That we're just going to go ahead and, and abandon it. Why? The, the, the reality is, is, is this, because our, our personal conviction, our personal confession is, isn't lining up with the fact that we truly believe that God is who he says he is. Peter and John go back and say, Lord, you're the ruler of, of heaven and earth. You're, you're the maker of all that, that in them is. You, you are the absolute, and this is what you have instructed us to do. So, so no matter what, here's what we're going to do. We're praying and we're calling out to you because we believe that you are who you say you are. Do you know how we can take a step in being bold? We can get bold in our prayers, and instead of going ahead and saying, Lord, here's, here's, here's what we're doing, we're praying for a circumstance that compares to the size of our faith. We need to say, Lord, give us a faith that's comparable to the circumstance we're in. We believe that you are who you say you are. They go back and they pray, and they confess, God, you are who you say you are. They had, they had witnessed a resurrected Savior, so they said, this is what we're, we're going to do. That there's an, another thing that they do in verse number 28, and, and as we read down through there, here's, here's what happens. In, in, in verse number 27, it says, For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Get this. They, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Peter and John and the group that's praying are, are saying, look, we're, we're, we're going to have a boldness to recognize his control. They, they talk about your servant Jesus. They, they say, you know what? Herod, Pilate, the Gentiles, the Jews, they all gathered together to take your servant's life but we know that it crossed your desk. And without you allowing it to happen, it couldn't have happened. They, they, they said there was an evil hand present trying to take a life, but your hand was present, and ultimately everything was under control in your hand. Isn't it amazing that Peter and John and the others are, are encountering, encountering a difficult circumstance and in the midst of their difficulty, they're not saying, why me? Why us? They're not saying, life is unfair. In the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the circumstance, they come together and they say, God, we believe in your power and here's something else. We're recognizing that you're in control because I promise you this, when they were at the cross, nothing looked like it was under God's control. When they were walking to the tomb and they were placing a body there and making plans to go back the next day and prepare it 
accordingly. Nothing looked or felt like God was in control. It looked like it was completely out of God's hands. Yet Peter and John look at their circumstance and they pray and they boldly confess, we believe that you are Lord. You're the one that is absolute. You're the one that is powerful. You're the maker of heaven and earth. And then they, they come down and they get into the details and they say, your, your servant, Jesus, Herod and Pilate, the Gentiles and others, they came together against him. But but your hand and your purpose determined beforehand to be done. Let me ask you something. Do you see the circumstances of your life in God's hands? Do you have the boldness to, to, to see that? You see, when, when we're talking about Acts of boldness. Some of us think, man, we, we got we to gotta go do something. We have to leave this place and, and take some action. So far, we've talked about two principles that, that lead them to acts of boldness. And the first one is believing that God is powerful. The second is, is recognizing that God is in control. Having the boldness to say, you know what? No, that this is bigger than the people around me. That This is God. God is at work. God is still in control. There, there's a, a third thing that, that takes place, and, and it's this, in verse number 29, they, they say, God, could, could you give us the strength to do something that's absolutely in, incredible, and, and, and now is where we start to, to get to living things out, in verse number 29, it says this, now, Lord, look on their threats and take them out. It's not what it says. I mean, if I was writing it, if it was my prayer, let's just be honest, if it was your prayer, right, I'm, I'm not alone in that. It would be, Lord, why is this happening to me? That, that this is unfair, that this is not how it's supposed to be. That's not how they pray. It says, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Let's talk about that for just a, a moment. They said, we want boldness to speak your word. They had just been told not to speak his word. But remember, the last thing Jesus told him was this. You're going to speak my word. You're going to be my witness. You're going to testify of me. And you know what they're saying? They're saying, Lord, would you give us the boldness to do what you called us to do, what you commanded us to do? Would you give us the boldness to speak your word, to speak your truth? You know, it, it's amazing right now. We're, we're living in a, a, a culture of chaos, and, and Christians are silent. And, and, and one of the, the reasons we're silent is because we're afraid of, of what everybody else is going to think, say, or do, and, and how we're going to look. And, 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 and the reality is, is this. There's nothing going on in our culture today that, that we can't find the answer to right here. There's nothing going on in our culture today that's not clearly spelled out in, in God's word, either the answer to it or what we can expect to happen. And, and, and here's a, a, a reality. That there are many times where, where we sit back and we listen in conversations, we pass an opportunity not to be an obnoxious individual, not to get into a political argument, not to side with one side of the aisle or the other, but to say, you, you know what, 
that didn't catch me off guard because here, here's what God's word says and here's what God's word said what would happen. And if you, if, you, if you look back at it over and over and over, you see that, that it's fulfilled and it's correct and it's truth. Peter and John said, would you give us boldness to speak your word? In the midst of a hostile environment, in the, in the midst of an environment that we just don't get, in an environment that doesn't get us, we need to be praying, God, would you, would you give me boldness to speak your word? Not the things that I want to say, not, not the argument that I think that I can win, but to speak your word. What a difference that would make. They're saying, God, let us, let us know you more. Let us know you deeper so that we can speak your word on a different level. So that we can speak your word because your word gives us the answers to life. To speak his word. They didn't ask for the opportunity to say what they would want to say. Let me just ask you something. You, you ever struggle with that? You ever struggle with, with, man, I've got something I'd like to really say right now? But I, but I know if I did, it would just create more of a, a problem. Anybody ever been there? All right. They said, Lord, give us boldness to speak your word. They didn't ask for a struggle the size of their faith, but they asked for a faith in the size of their struggle. We all have words that we would like to speak, and I'm certain that there were words that Peter and John would have loved to have uttered. But they said, God, would you keep us focused on the task at hand? And I think that that's one of the things that, that we as believers need to be reminded of. Is one of these days, all this is going to come to pass. The good and the bad, it's temporary. But the things that are eternal, does that have our attention? Does that have our focus? Is that what's driving us? Is that what's causing us to wake up early? And is that what keeps us up late? This week, we, we certainly obviously pray for, pray for the Ukraine. You pray for the things that, that are unfolding and the people that are, that are involved in it. But you know, John wrote the book of Revelation before the first century came about. The book of Revelation says there's going to be people from the north that come down. And things are, are going to unfold, and, and there's going to be an end to all of this. That you and I that believe in Christ, that are a part of the church, are, are going to be raptured out, and, and other things are, are going to, to unfold. None of the things that, that, are, that are unfolding right now should really catch us off guard or, or catch us by surprise because his word reveals it. And Peter and John said, would you keep us focused on your word? And today, I think the prayer of the church and the prayer of believers should be, God, keep us in the center of your word. Keep us focused on something and someone that is eternal, and that is you. Because the world around us needs an eternal answer, not just a temporary solution. That they need people that are willing to stand in the gap. And we think we have it difficult. Let's go back 2,000 years. Are we getting this? We say, our kids can't pray in school. We can't witness at work. Peter and John were told 2,000 years ago, don't mention the name of Jesus. 
And they said, help us to be bold in doing it because we're going to, because it's the answer. It's the answer for your sin and for my sin. It's the answer for life that is eternal. It's found in him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever comes to me comes through him. Peter and John said, help us to stretch out your hand. They didn't say, help us to stretch out our hand and grab a few key people by the throat and get a better grip on the situation. It says this, by stretching out your hand, your hand, just, just, a, just a simple key phrase, your hand. There, there's a difference between my hand and God's hand. There's a difference between your hand and God's hand. You see, there's power when God's involved that you and I do not have on our own. And they said, would you let us stretch out your hand to heal that signs and wonders might be done. You see, they asked for boldness to speak his word, but they asked for boldness to stretch his hand, to go beyond what they can do to only what God can do. When they said, would you, would you let us stretch out your hand? Do you, do you know what they were saying? They were saying, this is something we can't do on our own. We can't heal and we can't do signs and wonders, but we believe that you can. So would you grow our faith? Would you use us in a way that brings glory and honor to you? to stretch his hand. Let me ask you this today. How are you asking God to, to stretch your faith? Is there the boldness to, to just say, God, would you, would you stretch my faith? God, God would, you, would you help my faith to be, to be stretched and enlarged? Would you help my faith to grow so that I could trust in you in a, a greater way? When you begin to look at, at your life, is there a boldness to recognize God's power, a boldness to recognize that he is in control, a boldness to say, God, I want to speak your word, a boldness to say, God, I want my hands to be your hands, hands of grace, hands of mercy, hands of love, to, to a culture that's, that's rejecting who you are, but, but God, I want to go ahead and demonstrate that because they need it, because it's why you came. We think about boldness to stretch his hand, but, but how about this? Boldness to serve his purpose. Verse number 30, it just says this, by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They said this boldness is not about us, it's about your purpose. It's about your son. Can I just tell you, you and I, being bold in our, our faith, you and I taking a step to have the boldness to believe in God's power, to recognize his control, to speak his word, to stretch out his hand, all comes down to serve his purpose. You see, there was really nothing in Peter and John's prayer that was about their circumstance. It was all about who God is and what God can do in the midst of their circumstance. In the midst of a heart that's convinced that God is who he says he is. In the midst of a mind that says, you know what, I want my hands and feet to go 
on behalf of Jesus and I want to serve his purpose. What would it look like today if we said, God, give us boldness to serve your purpose and not my agenda? What would it look like today if, if we said, God, give me boldness to be more like Christ, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a community that's hurting, in a community that's impoverished, in, in a community that has broken homes, in a community that, that has children that don't know who dad is or don't know who mom is? You see, all of those things were, were taking place in, in the day of Peter and John as this is unfolding. What would it look like if, if we just said the same thing? God, would you give us boldness to serve your purpose? Here's what happens when we pray a prayer like that. It says, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Get that. The building was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word of God with boldness says this, verse number 32, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. You see, when people stepped forward and they prayed to be bold with a belief in his power, to recognize his control, to speak his word, to stretch his hand, they were saying, Lord, would you let us serve your purpose? And when they were bold in serving the purpose of God, an entire region was changed. People came to Christ. People said, look, I've got more than what I need, but my neighbor doesn't have anything. I'm going to make sure they're taken care of. The whole focus moves from what's in it for me to what's in it for God. It moves from what can I get to what can I give. It moves from this is what I think to this is what God has said and done. Not only did it change Peter and John, not only did it change thousands of believers, but can I tell you something? That act of boldness somewhere along the line has changed your life because somewhere along the line, we were reached by people who eventually we can trace back to being reached by Peter or John. And the act of boldness for them to speak God's word the act of boldness for them to go ahead and stretch out their hand and the hand of God at the same time. It works its way through, and we're connected somewhere along the line. And you know what? We need to be praying, God, would you give us the boldness? The boldness to accept you as our Savior, the boldness to admit that we're sinners and we need you as our Savior. We need your forgiveness because that's where it all starts. It started there for Peter and John. It starts there for you and I today. Would you take that step of boldness and say, look, Lord, I want to make certain that you're my Savior. 
I want to make certain that I have that relationship with you. And if you are certain that you have that relationship with him, let me ask you this. Are you bold enough to say, God, I recognize your power. I recognize your control. Help me to speak your word. Help me to stretch your hand and help me to serve your purpose. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you today and we ask you for your help. We ask you for your strength, your guidance. And Father, today, if there's one here who doesn't know you, I pray that today you would give them the boldness to believe that you are who you say you are, that you are the Savior, that you are the one that can change a life, forgive sin, and secure eternal life for anyone who will call upon your name. With heads still bowed, I just want to ask you today, are you certain that you know Christ as your Savior? Are you certain that you've invited him to forgive you of your sins and that you've placed your faith in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus? You see, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father except through me. Jesus was saying the way. I'm the way from sin. I'm the way to heaven. He said, I'm the truth. You, you, you have answers in life that, that, that you've got questions about and you've got questions that you need answers about. You can find those in me. He said, I'm life. He says, when, when you come to me, then, then you have life that is eternal and unending and it's forever secure in him. But we have to come to him. So today, would you be bold enough right where you are, from your heart to the heart of God, to just say, God, I know that my life is not perfect. I've sinned. I've missed your mark of perfection because every one of us has. That's why Jesus died. So would you say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I believe the best I know how that you're the Savior and I'm gonna trust you to forgive me of my sin and to save me. Today, if you've never done that, but you would like to do that, I encourage you to, to do exactly what I just said right where you are. Would you forgive me, Lord? Would you help me to trust you for my salvation? If you ask, he'll do it. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, John, I've already done that. I've already trusted him. I know him as my savior, but honestly, I, I need to, to pray for boldness to, to speak his word. I need to pray for boldness to stretch out his hand, to go and to serve, to be a hand of grace, to be a hand of forgiveness, to be a hand of love, of mercy in the place in which I live, the people that, that I'm surrounded by. I need that. They need that. Today, that's my prayer that, that God would help me to do that. Maybe it would just be that God would give you the boldness to say, I want to be about your purpose. Whatever it might be, I'm going to close us in prayer in just a moment. But I want to encourage you to let your prayer go up as we pray together and, 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 and share what's going on in your heart with the heart of God. Let's pray. Lord, I come to you today and I ask that you would help us to be bold. To be bold enough to say that we're a sinner and we need a savior, if that's what we need to say as an individual today. 
Lord, if there's one here right now that's never done that, I pray that you would help them to do that right now by just simply saying, dear Jesus, the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin and to be my savior. And Father, for those that have already done that, I pray that you would help us to speak your word with boldness, to be your hands of mercy and grace and love to those that are around us. And God, that we would live our life for your purpose, that we would realize that this faith aspect in you is supposed to change us. It's supposed to flow through us to a a lost and hurting world around us. So Father, give us that boldness, not to be arrogant, not to be condescending, not to be filled with ourself, but a boldness in you to believe that you are enough and that you are the answer. And that when other people are walking away from you, that we would hold on to you that we would share you and that we would give you a way to the world that needs you. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, We're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.